Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, The Wrestling Life. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life, it's episode 232, it's April 16th, 2020, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, we weren't going to do a show this week, but, but as usual, there's so much to talk about. Yeah, that's, uh, and as always, unfortunately, there's so many things that we can't talk about. Yeah, so there was a, a bloodletting in WWE on Wednesday this week. We're recording late Wednesday night, releasing this early on Thursday, so if we refer to it as today, that's why. WWE let a whole bunch of people go. And yeah. And, and I would imagine that as the democratic socialist of the bunch here, uh, you might have some thoughts on this. Well, I think the thing to take away from all of this is the system is working as intended. <laughs> uh, this is not really a big surprise. Um, obviously, I think maybe the amount of people that that were let go is a little bit surprising. Um, this used to be a fairly common thing, right? We used to we used to have some sort of, you know, uh, spring cleaning in WWE about once a year, but it's been a long time, and obviously this one is maybe a little bit more than your average. Uh, spring cleaning was over the last over or how how long it used to be. So I guess I guess that's the big surprise is just how many people lost their jobs. But in the end, WWE is a large corporation, and they have a stock price. And the most important thing to that corporation is to keep that stock price as high as you can. And so cutting all of these people, they think, will you know, increase their profit margins and that that'll make the stock price go up. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the point. That's kind of what, what it's all there for. It's for, it's not about just being profitable. If you're, if you're a large corporation in this country, you're expected to make more and more money every quarter, every year. And you have to, if you're not going to make more money, then you have to find ways to, to cut. And that's what WWE is doing. It's it's frustrating uh, and it's it's ugly, but that is kind of how it goes. Yeah. 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 That's it. And the stock price was up like a dollar thirty today. So beautiful. So there you go. Any names? Any names that surprised you on the list? Um, I think the biggest ones, I guess, were Gallows and Anderson, just because they were on television so recently and like a relatively high-profile font, and it didn't. It, it, those were probably the names, and because they had seemingly resigned fairly recently. Yes. Um, and I guess they weren't alone in that, but it, that that was probably the biggest one to me that stood out, just because of their, you know, they're part of. AJ Styles act and 
They just recently re-signed, and they're on TV fairly regularly. And the other ones that I think stood out were, like, people that were just on TV recently, including maybe some that were on TV as recently as Monday. Yeah. Like, like No Way Jose or mm-hmm. Sarah Logan. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's kind of interesting. I guess it kind of just shows how, uh, you know, last minute fly by night this whole thing was yeah from the nxt side of things diana perrazzo is probably the most high profile name that we know of i guess we'll find out perhaps in days to come as people uh from nxt start to tell their sides of the story because wwe it doesn't look like they're going to confirm the NXT releases. Um, it's just they're one of their weird policies. So yeah, I guess, Pro- I guess a couple of the coaches are are gone as well. Yeah, that's a weird one though because I don't know if heard released and furloughed and or furloughed, but people that I had heard were furloughed are tweeting as though they were released. So, I don't know, man. (laughs) I guess either way, you're involuntarily losing your job for at least a while. But, yeah, that's... Sure. Yeah. I guess some of the lifers, like Kurt Hawkins, Zack Ryder... I guess Hawkins had been let go before, but Ryder, Heath Slater... I mean... In one sense, those names aren't surprising, given their position on the card. But in another sense, you know, people that have been there, Heath Slater have been in the system for 16 years. Like that's right. That's a that, that's a rough one. Mike Kyoto had been with the company since 1989. <laughs> and I, I hadn't seen Kyoto on TV lately. I was just thinking, actually, like last week. I wonder what's up with Kyoto <laughs> and. I guess we got our answer today. Yeah, I think I had read he had had a surgery or something, and that's why he hadn't been okay. wrestling. I don't know if they were planning on bringing him back or if he was going to transition to some other role uh, beyond being an active referee. But, yeah, either way, that's that that's probably um, the second biggest shock of all this. Yeah, some of those people that just have been around and have, have made it through so long. And, and then you have people who maybe wanted to leave and were told no at certain points. <laughs> uh, like, Rusev, I mean, just, yeah. Rusev, Mike Kanellis. Mm-hmm. I know, I know that you mentioned Deanna Perrazzo and she mentioned that she had kind of, been trying to make up her mind exactly what she wanted to do yeah. as far as staying or, or 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 leaving when it came to WWE, and obviously they made the choice for her today. But yeah, um, so yeah, I mean that's I guess that's the next step. Yeah, that that's uh, that's fascinating to think about how long. I mean, yeah, Slater's sixteen years, Ryder was there for fourteen years. Like that's yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, just, you think about all the time that they spent in the amount of time they were under contract to World Wrestling Entertainment and how much the world changed in those uh, 
and, and the time that they were under contract. It's pretty staggering. Yes, Slater was there of the first Bush administration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty jarring. I I guess, you know, all of this is very sad, but I feel less sad, I guess, for somebody like Perazzo who can go out and make a name for herself. She's still young. And clearly they think enough of her as a worker that they put her on TV doing jobs all the time. So uh, she she has a, a, a shot at coming back someday and, and proving them wrong. Whereas I don't know how, you know, somebody in their late 30s like Slater or Ryder or Hawkins or people like that, I don't know how much of a shot of a second shot or a third shot those guys are going to get. Yeah. Um, that's, that's definitely a big, a big question. And how many of these people would be brought back? Would there be roles for them if they wanted to come back? Um, or would there be roles for them in other companies or on, on any, obviously a guy like Hawkins has a, you know, has a school and, you know, you have uh, some of them have outside ventures beyond just wrestling. Uh, but you do wonder how, uh, yeah, exactly what the future would hold for for some of these lifers who kind of didn't didn't seem. And that's I, I've never knocked somebody like Slater or Ryder who seemed just happy to be there and happy to, uh, you know, <laughs> travel and make make their money and 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 go go about their business and kind of you know never say no to anything asked of them <laughs> um and uh, you know doing their best to kind of spin you know spin things into gold when they could but yeah that's that's definitely very uh very interesting and and you you wish them all the best but yeah you do wonder for some of these guys who have, have just been in that WWE system for so long and we're seemingly content in that system. Are they are they going to be there to chomp at the bit to you know go out there and prove people wrong, or are they just going to look to kind of yeah for for their other outside ventures? I guess. Yeah, I guess the only names on that list that the list today that stood out to me that were like. I see AEW having interest in them would obviously would obviously be Gallows and Anderson because they're cause they're a tag team uh, territory and they're a tag team. But also, you know, maybe AEW isn't. I don't think anybody's going to go on a hiring spree off of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. I mean, that's that's definitely part of of this too. Is that. In previous eras, when this sort of thing happened, you would you would think, well, you know, this person can go there, this person can go there, this person can work indies. Nobody's really going to be doing much of anything <laughs> um, for a while still, and and yeah, even even if AEW wanted to hire, I don't know, five or six of these people, I don't know that right now is the time to bring those people in. So yes, I'm sure some of these people, once the world gets back to something resembling normal, 
we'll have opportunities in wrestling. But for now, it's I yeah I don't I don't know who's going to be going out looking to add expenses and add salaries right now. Yeah, absolutely. Just weird, awful day. You want to talk about Seth Rollins? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think if I think he's very dumb. I think we can trick him into spearheading a unionization effort. Because, <laughs> like, he's, if you listen to what he said, he's very close. Uh, he's very close to figuring it out. Uh, I so, think we just need to trick him <laughs> to get him, over that, get him over that threshold. So his response to, like, 30 of his coworkers being released today was to go on Instagram live for some reason and say that now is not the time to be knocking WWE and it really bummed him out how people are knocking pro wrestling today <laughs> and really it's time that we should all band together and like support each other and have you know make positive change in the wrestling industry <laughs> to, mm. to your point to your point that sounds like an awful lot like a call for a for a union except his point was the opposite. <laughs> he may I'm beginning to think Seth Rollins may not be smart. He's uh yeah. He's but and like I appreciate the rest of his statement was not particularly like bad or wrong. If his point was, hey, you know, it's not try to be less angry and just focus on lifting up the people that are hurting. Okay. Great. Sure. You know, a good way yeah. to do that would would be to guarantee that something like this can't happen uh, ever again, or that uh, you know, when when this large corporation does hire uh, talent in the future, that they're compensated in a more uh, just manner based on how much money the talent generates for the company. Um, yeah, so it, it, like. It was one of those things where it's like, I think in this case, and Lord knows I'm not a fan of Seth Rollins, but like, I don't think he was trying to be, he was completely trying to be the corporate yes man here, but he's not a good speaker and he's not smart. And so he always goes about whatever he's saying, even when he's not trying to be macho, you know, smart guy he's he's just so dumb that he always says it in the dumbest way possible even when what he's saying isn't necessarily that bad so you're saying he wasn't trying to be dumb but but he just couldn't help but be dumb today yeah i mean that's i mean that's the thing about dumb people a lot of times is they don't realize how dumb they are right and they and uh yeah he's uh I, you know i i it's it is very funny when he's when he's just openly speaking up. We just we need a, some sort of organization <laughs> to, where the individuals can rally around each other. And yeah, I agree, man. So you're supporting that's that's called a union, and it's yeah. uh, it's called organized labor. It's been around for a very long time. Yeah, um, it, yeah I, I mean. At the, Sorry. at the let me just jump in here and say at the very least it's insane that 
wrestlers who are on national television are not members of the Screen Actors Guild. Like, <laughs> bare minimum. Yeah. Bare minimum, they should be. Yeah, that's to me, it's, it's, it wouldn't be, or seemingly it wouldn't be beyond the pale for them to join that versus, say, like an MMA thing where they may, where they may need to, like, create a new union. Um, right. Versus where WWE is like, okay, they're performers, they're stunt performers, whatever you want to call them, actors on television every week. Okay, screen actor skill. That's that seems to be a no-brainer to me. But yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's. But yeah, it was it as always. Uh, Seth Rollins is just eternally living out like one of three uh, drill tweets. Yes. Um, uh, so he's, uh, he will never log off. That's right. <laughs> no matter how much you yell at him, his opinions <laughs> will just continue to get worse. And by the way, he's not mad. Please don't no. put in the newspaper that he got mad. <laughs> no, not at all. So in addition to all this off-screen stuff like WWE produced some really dreadful television this week like I was sitting there watching Raw and after pretty much each segment I would sit and think and in most cases within like 30 seconds I would come up with a better way to do what they wanted to do it's like regardless of whether or not I agree with the destination like you know, I wouldn't push Nia Jax ever because she's unsafe and now she's even less mobile than usual and I pretty much she pretty much threw uh, Kyrie Sane around on Monday by her hair when Kyrie wasn't ready to take a beal and she also slapped Kyrie who's had had a very high profile concussion on television like four months ago. She also slapped her in the face twice, like for no good reason. So, like, I wouldn't push Nia Jax. Yeah. But if you're going to push Nia Jax, like, I came up with a, a more effective way to do that than what they did in, like, 30 seconds. And it was just, Raw was just really crappy this week. Uh, so, just bad week for WWE in general. But let's not let AEW, let AEW off the hook. AEW gave us a 30-minute jack swagger match yeah in an, sure did in an empty arena that hey everybody tried really hard jim ross even tried i don't think jim ross was even drunk as he, <laughs> did, as he did commentary on this from his house uh jake hager tried real hard john moxley always tries real hard but a 30 minute jack swagger main event in an empty building oof yeah. Um, well, I fell asleep during this. This is probably the... Um, and again, <laughs> it wasn't because I didn't appreciate the effort involved. Um, but to me, if you're going to go 30 minutes in an empty arena, as much as I, I thought the... We talked about the sort of melodrama and over-dramatization over dra of the Gargano-Champa match, but at least... That was like that had a certain style to it. 
Um, yeah. Other than some like brawling, I you would say in the crowd. I don't know behind the guardrails, and then a usage of a chair. Like this isn't like some big wild hardcore falls count anywhere brawl for most of it it was just like a wrestling match where they're just like punching and grappling and stuff yeah and there's nothing particularly wrong with the work itself but and if there was a crowd there that was like super into john moxley and was getting into his comeback and really hated jake hager and maybe you had jericho or somebody out there you know in hager's corner to get heat Probably could have been a real good little match, but as it stands, it was just two guys wrestling for a long time. And much like when WWE has done that on television recently, it just it just ain't working for me, man. Like it's just it's not uh, it's just not. I think for the most part, AEW this week was was a fine show. Um, and part of their formula, I think, has been it's at its best when they keep the matches short. Yes. And certainly a match with, and unlike some of their other matches, they don't have, like, six people around at ringside, at least to make noise. Right. So it was just, to me, this was, like, just the perfect storm of, like, uh, they're working real hard. I appreciate it. But, no, nah, this, this isn't for me. You know... We're brothers. We share DNA. Uh, we both were put to sleep by AEW television this week. <laughs> I fell asleep during AEW Dark, which was a one-match show. And that one match was Sean Spears against Billy Gunn. Oof. That sounds, uh, sounds rough. Oh, boy, was it rough. Billy Gunn still looks like Billy Gunn. Uh, his skin looks like a hot dog, but he still has like muscles and abs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But but Billy Gunn can't move no more. <laughs> yeah, because he's you know he's fifty four years old or whatever he sure. is. And uh, I'm not sure Ty Dillinger's the guy that could bounce around like a pinball to make a Billy Gunn match work. I was like, the last time I saw Billy Gunn in like a. A singles match, I think, was the Tanahashi match, <laughs> of uh, which was bad. Yes. And they at least, like, worst of all, it wasn't that long, and they, like, pulled each other's pants down and stuff <laughs> to try to do, like, something that the crowd, to get the crowd invested <laughs> in it, because otherwise it was, like, Billy putting on chin locks and stuff. Naturally, yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe they should, I guess my, my, my suggestion is maybe... Maybe he and Sean Spears should have pulled each other's pants down. I don't know. <laughs> it couldn't have been worse than what they did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Now it's, now it's a party. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just, I'm just i just thinking of the last time I remember Billy Gunn wrestling in WWE. They wrestled the Ascension at like the Royal Rumble one year. Hmm. And Billy Gunn got in the ring, did two arm drags, and, like, slapped on a hold, and shouted very loudly, that's all I can do! (laughs) Or that's all I got, or something like that. And I was like, my God, this man's on pay-per-view. Yeah. And that was five years ago, probably, or six years ago. Yeah. 
Hey, uh, speaking of pay-per-view, AEW announced they're running Double or Nothing. It's just not going to be in Las Vegas. They're going to put a show on pay-per-view. I mean, who's... who's, If this was like a free thing on Bleacher Report Live or whatever, I maybe would get it. Or if... Maybe even said it like a really reduced cost. But man, I just... Trying to get much like with WWE pushing WrestleMania on pay per view, um, I just I don't I don't get the idea of trying to charge charge money for empty arena wrestling. I just it's a tough sell. Yeah, it's a really tough sell. And like, I mean, and there's also I just I don't and I understand that they they're they're already announced they're running BMGM I guess next year and you can. Save your tickets if you have that, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, maybe maybe we should just postpone or cancel until there's allowed to be more than eight people in a room together again. Yeah, that would be nice. They're also doing matches on the Young Bucks YouTube show every week now, so there's even more content to try to keep up with. Yeah, that's uh, I, I saw all the California people will be on being the elite doing their stuff, and then yes, whoever was in Nashville when they taped all these weeks of TV or will be in uh, will will be on AEW television for or be on Dynamite for a while. I guess that's just how it's going to go for a while. It's weird, man. It's really weird. You know, I'm beginning to think we're never going to get to this Macho Man tournament that we've been plugging. <laughs> but, but <laughs> once again, our apologies to Matt Damon. <laughs> At some point, we'll get to this thing. Uh, we had no plans to do a show this week, in fact, so we could watch some Macho Man matches and start turning yeah. out some content. But uh, real life intervened, and uh, here we go. Is there, uh, let's see. I guess that's most of the stuff. It felt important to do a show today obviously it doesn't matter what ultimately we aren't contributing much to the general uh conversation but it's important i think to just not let this go by without saying oh you know a lot of people got fired today and that really sucks yeah and it like we said it's just it sucks because this isn't this isn't a matter of being profitable it's a matter of trying to make the most money possible because the most important thing is not individual livelihoods it's about making an imaginary bar go up so yeah it's sad and frustrating but that is as long as that is how our our economy is built on a imaginary bar going up that's kind of how it's gonna go so like i said uh let's just all make an effort to trick seth rollins into leading a union <laughs> unionization effort and uh you know we'll we'll meet back here in, a, in another week or two and, <laughs> and see how far we've gotten maybe if you put like propaganda pro-union propaganda like in the inside printed on the inside of protein bar wrappers or something. Like, mm. I don't know. I don't know how you would get through to Seth. I really don't. Uh, tell him there's like a new, 
like death metal hardcore album from one of those terrible bands he likes. But then it's yeah. just like if you play it backwards instead of like satanic words, it's <laughs> it's the Communist Manifesto. Nice, nice. You know, by the way, just just remember on this show I predicted I don't think Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch are ever gonna get married. I just, okay. I don't I don't think it's ever gonna happen. Gosh, well. I hope it never happens. <laughs> Well, you know, I, it would I, it would restore my faith in humanity a little bit if it didn't happen. I don't I don't want to have to dislike Becky Lynch as a person. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> well, is there anything else you'd like to discuss this week, or should we go home? No, I, I think we can wrap it up here. Like, uh, on a on a mildly more serious note, though, yes, it's. Very unfortunate that all these people, including probably a lot of people like, you know, office employees and writers and people that aren't going to get the fanfare and God knows how many people from NXT um, being cut. That's that's really unfortunate. And like I said, hopefully when this is when the world is something resembling normal again, these people will be able to either be rehired. if That's what they want or find other jobs within the industry. Um because, yeah, it's, it's it's hard not to look at today as, as a pretty huge bummer and kind of one of the one of the darker days in uh, in in WWE history. But, hey, it did, as someone pointed out, successfully distract from that documentary about how Vince McMahon helped cover up a murder. So there's <laughs> that. I've not checked it out yet. It's on the DVR. I'm curious. I'm curious. I'm curious about it. We'll see. Anyway, maybe maybe we'll report back on that at some point. Okay. Awesome. All right. Till next time, everybody. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. We'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. All right, and just so I have something to put at the end of the show, what do you think of Barack Obama endorsing Grandpa Joe Biden? when he literally <laughs> had nothing to lose anymore. Yes. Um, I mean, my take on that was always he was waiting because <laughs> he didn't want to endorse him and then have Joe lose it. Sure. Because then that sort of lessens his importance. Sure. Um, and if, I mean, there's been articles written this week about how he personally called Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar and told him to drop out and endorse Joe Biden and they <laughs> did it. So, uh, I mean, I guess he's always kind of been on on Team Joe, uh, even though there is that uh, that article from like a year ago where, where he was quoted as saying, you don't have to do this, Joe. Um, I guess eventually he got on board and he felt like Joe was the only, only non-Bernie candidate that could win, so. <sighs> yeah. I try to keep on keeping on